Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got We Started Nothing by the Ting Tings. So the Ting Tings are an English indie pop, dance pop duo. Electro pop, uh, experimental dance indie electro pop duo. Who's in the Ting Tings? We have Casey White on vocals and guitar and uh, bits of everything else, I think, as well. And Jules, or Jules, no, probably Jules DiMartino on the drums and guitar and lots of other things as well. They're very much a multi-instrumental band. Um, and I think it's fair to say, he wouldn't mind us saying this, but Jules is a little bit older than Katie. I think you might mind. How much older? It's not an issue. No, it's not. It's not even worth mentioning. So we are talking about uh, We Started Nothing today, which is the debut album from the Ting Tings, released on the 19th of May 2008. And Dan, I noticed that's just a little bit further ahead at the moment. So what's the significance this week? Well, tomorrow marks 11 years since That's Not My Name, their biggest anthem, I'm sure they won't mind me saying, being released. I see. And a number of significant tracks to talk about on this album today. There was a Iconic lot. at the time, and even now, actually. A lot of singles from this album. It's a 10-track album with six singles released, and I think while some of them you could name instantly, I think there's a few we're going to come up uh, to later that you are going to sort of be taken down memory lane in a lovely way. So Katie and Jules came together... Um, in, in a roundabout kind of way and ended up working, to, meeting and working together and basing themselves in Manchester. Yes. Uh, is it true that Katie was once in a, what might be described as a girl band? Yes, a sort of a, a punky girl band, if you will. Uh, TKO, uh, Technical Knockout is what that stands for. And they did have some success. They supported acts like Steps and Atomic Kitten on tour and they played CD UK as well. And... Jules was actually brought in to help with the songwriting uh, for them. And then following that, Jules and Katie went on to to form Dear Eskimo alongside others. Uh, and finally, we ended up with the Ting Tings. So a bit, of a, a bit of a journey to get to where they were. And they're still, still around now? And they're still around now. They've just released last year their fourth studio album, Black Light. So uh, lots of great music to talk about, I think, first and foremost, on this album, with the hot tracks on the album, but also some, I, I, I hope you don't mind me saying, some great further listening, actually. Yes, later on when we've, when we've done these 10 tracks, and it is a lovely, concise 10-track uh, album, all f- killer, no filler. You might disagree later, we'll see. Then we've got our, our further listening, our extra tracks from elsewhere in the Ting Ting's career. So let's dive in. Side one, track one. Uh, a song about me, actually. Great DJ. Great DJ. Now, it's uh, in terms of single lineup and kind of the order, 
This was originally a double A side first release with That's Not My Name, which was more of an independent release in 2007, ahead of everything else that came. Um, but this was re-released as the third single in March 2008, which is probably when this actually started to really kick off. Yes. And what a way to kick off the album. This this podcast is all about, if nothing else, the art of an album and that kind of the the choice of tracks and where they fit on the album. And as an album opener, I think this is perfect. I think going straight in with That's Not My Name, which of course is, you know, a, a huge anthem of theirs, might have been, uh, you know, a, a decision. It would have been a, not a wrong decision, but I think this just really breaks down their craft. What I love about this song is that it doesn't rely on, you know, the lyrics aren't poetry. They're not going to, you're not going to print them out and read them, but they play an important part on this song and they're almost like another element of the percussion or something like that. They're just creating the noise that that builds up this song. And what a great noise it is. I love the, um, again, we're not um, technical experts, but the did it, did it, what is it? Is that the... Did it, did it. <laughs> Sounds like the last three seconds of the countdown clock. No, it's did it, did it, did it, did it. I don't know what it is, but it's a great sound. And that's what we love, a sound. So this, um, some notable remixes actually on the single release of this. So we had Calvin, a Calvin Harris remix and Seventh Heaven. If you ever enjoy a Club Banger remix. And I do. Um, with a very hedonistic feel. Um, and then there's the Seventh Heaven remixes on here as well. There's actually fantastic remixes throughout this album. And I think, I don't think yet they've released a kind of expanded version of it. There's certainly digitally, there's a, an extended version. But when they do, there's a real opportunity to collect all of those remixes and then some demos and things would be great as well. But a great song, a great way to kick it off. And... This, the music of this song, instrumentally, you could just imagine featuring in the background of so many things, couldn't you? It could well, be... and it has actually, oh. um, if you have a look, it's featured in films, TV shows, films such as Slumdog Millionaire, Scott Pilgrim, Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, if you remember that one. Never seen it, but I've heard of it. House Bunny, Waterloo Road, The Inbetweeners, so it's done the rounds. And you can see why. I'm, I wonder if when they wrote that, that first rough version of that song, they thought, by Joe, this is catchy. This is going to do well. Time to move on? Yes, let's move on to track two now. Uh, that's not my name. my name and what a huge 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 song that was oh wasn't it just 2008 actually went to number one on my birthday of that year oh that's nice how old were you in 2008 uh i would have turned 22 on that day Ooh, quite old now then so oh god i thought i was gonna be 32 this year i'm gonna be 33 this year oh, 
was a terrifying thought. I don't really want to talk about that anymore. However, what I do want to talk about, I do actually remember driving along in my black Peugeot 206 and having in the little pocket in the door, having this album on CD and this song. I bet you thought you were the dog's bollocks. And I was. Um, and this song is just synonymous with that time, I think. Happier times. Yes, simpler times. <laughs> yeah. This song was huge at the time. Everyone was singing along to the chorus of this. Um, and I love the way the slow build up. Yes. Right to the end of the song. You have that. It begins with a real sort of beat driven thing, doesn't it? And by the end of it, there's loads of layers to it. There's a lot of fuzz with the guitar. There's jewels on the backing vocals. That's kind of a repeating throughout and it's a long song as well it goes on for for five minutes plus question will are the ting tings the british white stripes i don't think so right okay i think the white stripes probably take themselves a lot more seriously than the ting tings do Mm. but it was the number one song and do you know what song it knocked off the number one spot oh give me a clue Okay, it was potentially one of the biggest female pop artists of our time. The first single from an album where she collaborated with uh, one of the biggest male solo artists of the time and one of the biggest producers of the time. Stuart Price. Sadly not. It was Madonna with Four Minutes. With the... Oh, I was close with Stuart Price, though. There's a very tenuous link. Yeah, (laughs) that'll do for me. (laughs) But that's not my name. There's a lot of attitude to it as well, which I like. And as you said, it did brilliantly in the charts. It got to number one in the charts. And as with the previous track, it's been featured in everything. Everything. Literally, too many things to mention, but um, you name it. Um, And Dizzy Rascal also performed this in the Live Lounge. Yes, I do. uh... I think that might have been on one of the Live Lounge CDs, which I also had and also played in my Black Peugeot 206. So, track three now. Fruit Machine. So that was Fruit Machine. It, that was the second actual single proper. It was a very limited run, just available at the concerts of the band. Oh, on the, on the merch stall. Yes. And hopefully they were there signing copies of it as well. And they probably were back then, actually. Hmm. I've, have you seen the Ting Things live? I, ha- I haven't, no. I have I to, to think, think about, about it. it then, because I just thought there they are the sort of band that I probably have seen live at some point, but I don't think so. No, I don't think I have. You And I would... I'd quite enjoy seeing them live, actually, especially at a festival. In a festival environment, I think they'd be quite fun. There's a lot of energy to them. Yes. And songs like Fruit Machines show as well. There's a real groove to them as well. This song, I think, is very playful in its lyrics, but they've got a really... Musically, they're very tight. Yes. Um, But some great lyrics there, some great sound effects of the Fruit Machine. And then towards the end, Katie's just kind of getting very, very shouty as well. There's a lot of angst I think it's quite clear that when they came out at this time and 
they were actually, um, with That's Not My Name at least, they were number one in between Madonna and Rihanna. And I think it's quite clear that they put themselves out as a very different kind of band, very unashamed and unafraid of being this angsty, opinionated, uh, female-fronted band. And good for them. And if you're a fan of dance remixes, Bimbo Jones are on remix duty for Fruit Machine, which is a very familiar name from the uh, noughties, early noughties. Sounds like a lot of fun. I also like that this and actually the next few tracks all racking in under three minutes, just bite-sized pieces of indie pop fun. In fact, this next track is 2 minutes 59, so it could almost be a Eurovision single, Eurovision song. Oh, what's the cutoff? Three minutes? Three minutes. I never knew that. Yes. Well, let's have a listen to it. It's Traffic Light. Traffic light. Um, I take back what I said. Not Eurovision material. No, it's not puppet on a string, is it? <laughs> it's certainly not. It's not love shine a light. Ah, uh, or ooh ah, just a little bit. Or even um, making your mind up. Yes, you can't imagine the skirt thing happening there. No, but I don't. I don't dislike it at all. I think no, it's a nice little ditty. It's a. It's absolutely one hundred percent a ditty. And it's a bit of breathing space as well. I think this album's come in with three pounders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is just a fantastic bit of breathing space. Almost feels a little bit like when you get an album, there's a bit of an interlude. Almost feels like that, but it is it's it's an actual track. Um, Although if this came on at a gig, I would be going to the bar. Or the bathroom. Or both. Or both. If you're quick about it. Traffic light made me think of those traffic light lollipops. Remember those? If you suck hard enough, you go from red to yellow to green. Yes, I bet you do. Mm. Draw a veil over that. I think this just shows the kind of the great knack they've got for a melody. As this track builds, it's weird. It's got, for me, it started off as this sort of almost 60s-esque thing, and then it moved into, almost had some sort of musical theatre thing to it. It's certainly very different to... Uh, that's not my name, a great DJ. Uh, but it still feels very much a ting ting thing. Give it a ting, give it a ting, give it a ting. Uh, uh, oh. And if eh, you know eh, eh. what that's from, you're listening to the right podcast. You're listening to Track by Track. And next on this week's episode, it's track number five. Will? This is Shut Up and Let Me Go. Shut up and let me go. This hurts, I tell you so. So that was Shut Up and Let Me Go, uh, my favourite song on this album. Um, I think I have to agree with you on that one. I was just thinking, 
I think this one came after That's Not My Name, if I'm not mistaken. This was, so this was the follow-up to That's Not My Name, and it got to number six in the UK charts. <laughs> Sorry, I went a bit high there. Very high. Dogs are barking in the background of Track by Track Towers. Yeah, likewise, it's such a clever song. And that guitar riff, I think there are rock bands who have been going for decades who would absolutely kill for a riff like that. Instantly recognisable, completely catchy, uh, brings the song to life. But they can't have it because it plays such a fundamental part of this song, which is uh, an absolute banger. Yeah, it's wonderful. And got to number 79 in, in Australia. Mm. Not quite as popular down under. No. Well, their <laughs> loss. Remember the video for this was very fun. I don't remember it at all, to be honest. It was a sort of kung fu inspired video. I don't remember the video, but I do. Rem- was this used on an Apple advert for one of those iconic iPod adverts? I was just having a look at that whilst um, this track was playing, and I can't find anything. But you never know. Do you think it did? I think it did. I don't know. Well. But if you had to put money on it, would you say it did? No, I wouldn't want to put any money on it. It's right. just just friendly. Just, just, just between just between us podcast professionals. Who sorry, who else is here? <laughs> Production wise, I think we've not yet touched on the fact that this whole album is produced fantastically. It's produced by Jules from the band. And what I like about it is and it's the case with a lot of songs, they begin very organically. So you just have a very simple guitar, drums. Katie's vocal is very much that stripped back white stripes thing as I mentioned before but then later on there's lots of fantastic synth moments uh, some some Cynthia sounds she's been away for a few oh, weeks well, she was one of the girls that Katie was in that uh, girl band with really and they stayed friends and then she name checked her and that's not my name yeah. <laughs> some of the Cynthia sounds in this uh, throughout this album just um, you almost forget they're there for a moment and then they just pop up because I think because the guitar is just so there, so infectious. Yeah. So track number six now. This is Keep Your Head. your head there it's we're on to track six now and it's only the second non-single but i think the quality of these tracks throughout this album generally speaking that quite that could have been a single in between fruit machine and we walk or something like that it's it's got it's just got that ting ting sound throughout it doesn't feel watered down to me no it's a very fun song Mm. I think I would like to take this moment, actually, to uh, talk about how this album was received critically, um, which is averagely, actually. Okay. Uh, Which might surprise you, Dan. It does, actually, because it was, it's a seminal album of that time. However, the critics don't always mean everything. Um, And I guess on, if I had to give it an average rating out of five, it would be three out of five. Well... That's not my rating, that's an average of the (laughs) critics' ratings, and that's from across places like The Guardian, NME, The Times, Rolling Stone, Entertainment Weekly. That's a kind of good average on what everyone was saying around the time. Am I right? Did the album come out after That's Not My Name? Yes, that's correct. 
So for me, I think it might be that song was just everywhere. It's one of those things where the critics decide that they're too popular. Mm. But I remember at the time, Radio 1 were going mad for them. Oh, God, yeah. You couldn't switch on the your radio, your FM stereo radio, without <laughs> hearing them. FM. Yes. Um, you couldn't put on Scott Mills in the afternoon or... Is he still on Radio 1, actually? He's there somewhere. He's doing okay. I think he is. That's weird, isn't it? He, he presents with someone now. Chris, someone. I have to be honest, I've never really been a big radio listener, but now... I'm so out of the loop now with who presents what. I know Greg James does the breakfast show, but isn't there a thing now on Radio 1 where the the weekday presenters only do Monday to Thursday because Radio 1 have now decided they're going to treat Friday like a weekend day in terms of their programming? I I didn't know that. I I just... I love... I listen to music all the time, but when I want to put music on, I want to put on what I want. on your own terms. Yeah. Mm. The only time I have the radio on is when I go home to the family and Radio 2 is on all day in the kitchen. Uh, and I do quite enjoy it, actually. It's nice to sometimes hear a song by surprise. Love playing along to Popmaster on Ken Bruce's Radio 2 show. I was about, do you know what? I was about to mention Popmaster with Ken Bruce. We, if we go driving somewhere, we'll often have Radio 2 on through the day. Mm. So you'll get... Normally, if we set off early, you'll get the tail end of the breakfast show, formerly Chris Evans. Yeah. Then Ken Bruce, then Jeremy Vine. Steve Wright. Steve Wright in the afternoon. Then drive time used to be with Simon Mayo. And you'd kind of, if you were on a long journey, you'd get a bit of all of those. Yeah. When you say we, is that you and Cook out on a drive? Yes. <laughs> out to get the supplies from the, yeah. the butchers and the green greengrocers. <laughs> so, let's move on. Track number seven now. This is Be The One. You say it's not what you do, it's what you're thinking of. Well, I think it's just an excuse, it's what you put across. Cause I don't want to be the one, only overjoyed. Be the one there, and almost a certainly the tempo is still there, but a little bit more of a laid back moment for them. I would use another f- favorite word of ours whimsical. Whims is quite whimsical, isn't it? Feel to it. A very delicate vocals from Katie there, and that lovely uh, sort of chime going throughout it. It really it makes me think of two things either it makes me think of a sort of 90s female fronted indie band. Um, I'm thinking along the lines of maybe Sleeper or... Sleeper released a new album. Yeah. Have you listened to it? I haven't. It's very faithful to the stuff from the 90s. Um, I wasn't wasn't really big on Sleeper, but as soon as I heard this song, I just think, obviously this is 2008, but I think it could have been 10 years before and that kind of female-fronted indie pop band that you might have just found bits of them in Smash Hits with Spice Girls around there, but they weren't... An arm and a leg and a <laughs> toe. Oh, I've perished the thought. It also makes me think of something maybe a little bit more 60s and Motown-y. It's got something quite... a bit more innocent about this one. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. This was a single, so this got to number 28. It was the fifth single, I believe, from them. Number 28 in the UK. And uh, lots of great remixes as well. Bimbo Jones are back on remix duty again. And the Japanese pop stars. Haven't no. you referenced them in a previous episode? No. 
Can we pretend you have so I don't sound so dumb? No. Okay. So. I'm going to leave you hanging. As ever. Well, fantastic song. I really enjoyed Be The One. Do you know, it almost speaks for itself. And the reason I'm saying that is because I haven't really got much else to say about that one. So. (laughs) Let's move on then. Yes, absolutely. Track number eight now. This is We Walk. We Walk, and I absolutely love the introduction to that song. Uh, I actually prefer when it get, really gets into the rhythm. Mm. That we walk, uh, 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 uh. You definitely do that song in karaoke at some point. So I read that, because uh, it's interesting, it starts with that very stark, sort of organic keyboard, or piano, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to paraphrase you from an earlier episode. And Katie begat this song with that piano um, and that's how they would work writing together they'd just bring different things and build a song around it so Jules um, begat the bass from Shut Up and Let Me Go um, and if you hadn't picked up on it yet begat is my word of the day yes what do you think what do you think I don't know it just sounds like you're just making a noise begat <laughs> it's a real word well I'm, I'm not questioning the, the validity hmm. just like I begat this podcast well, I'd have to take issue with that. Right. And I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying it. <laughs> so this is the sixth and final single from the album. And as ever with the diminishing returns, the more singles you release, this got to number 58 in the mm. charts in the UK. I still, I still remember it though. And I think not just because I had the album, I remember, I don't know if I remember seeing them before live or seeing the video or whatever, but I remember it being a part of of this era of them but having said that this was released almost a whole year after the uh, album came out actually so let's move on now to track number nine this is Impacilla Carcassonne Impasilla Carpus song. And what I absolutely love about this song is that the vocals there are quite sort of muted. You can't quite tell what she's saying. Um, but it's not just for that reason. Actually, the, the lyrics are gobbledygook. She's, uh, Katie, uh, she, who's she, the cat's mother? Katie is just <laughs> making noises to kind of lay down the melody of that track. And in China, they banned it from the album, that song, because they couldn't translate it. So, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Don't understand it. Yeah. Take it away. Destroy it. Which is actually a lot of Brits' attitude to things as well. For me, this is nothing, no reflection on that or the, what's being sung, but this is a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork. Is that because you album. couldn't understand it? Yeah, so I just had to just ignore it. <laughs> so, it's a uh, red background and then you've got the Ting Tings in a kind of ripped strip logo 
with a male hand, a female hand. One of them is holding a a uh, drumstick. drumstick, and the other one's holding a bushy drumstick. No, a what would what would you call it? Yes, uh, I think a, a, a bushy bum. Uh, <laughs> a bushy bum stick. <laughs> <laughs> and the man has we started on his hand. And the woman has nothing on her hand. Well, no, she has the word nothing on her hand. Uh, but it's it's become quite iconic, hasn't it? There is another version of the cover which has both of their faces featured on it as well. I prefer not to be rude to the band, but I prefer the other one. I think it's yeah, just... Yeah, I like it's more symbolic. Speaks for itself. Mm. So that's what I think of that song. Well, I think it's certainly not my favourite on the album. And I think I'd love to hear this next song because it's a bit of an epic. It's... Uh, so for six minutes long, it's the title track, and it's We Started Nothing. on and on uh, but in a very good way yes and I think we haven't seen them live we don't think we've seen them live I imagine <laughs> I love that <laughs> we don't think we've seen them live although we might have done mm, sure really left a lasting impact on us <laughs> if we have seen them it's no it's no reflection on their work I think it's just that you can get quite excited when you see a band that you like live and perhaps you just don't remember it like your New Order moments, which fans of the podcast will be very familiar with by now. Mm, too familiar. But I think this would have been a fantastic moment and hopefully would have ended at least the main bulk of the set and then they came back on for the encore. But yeah, I love how it just goes on and it kind of, it's this kind of, there's moments when you think that track is just petering out and then all of a sudden that... It peters back in again, which we love yes. when that happens. Peter in. It goes on for, yeah, almost six and a half minutes of... Musically quite simple. It's just got that um, really nice kind of quite gentle strum. <laughs> and who doesn't like a nice gentle strum? <laughs> no, it's it's. I I enjoy as an album closer. And again, we talk about. I said when we play great DJ, we talk about building an album, how to start an album, how to end an album. I think this is absolutely the right song to end this album. And how would you feel about that? Yes, absolutely agree. I think it's before we move on, it's worth mentioning this album was very successful. As even though it was mediocrely reviewed, yes, it did get to number one. It did uh, in uh, two thousand and eight, as we mentioned. Uh, it's interesting to see what was number one before and after it. So, uh, before this, it was Neil Diamond, uh, and after it was Usher. What a strange place the pop charts were in two thousand and eight. Also. Uh, in the few weeks before and afterwards, you had number one albums from Madonna and The Last Shadow Puppets um, and Bass Hunter and ABBA. Bloody hell, what a mix. I know, fantastic. So it's time for some further listening. And today, um, I think it's a bit of a free-for, isn't it? So it's anything else from the Ting Tings. Yeah, I think normally we try and steer away from singles. It's nice to like delve into the deep cuts but I think there are definitely some Ting Ting singles that are also deep cuts that necess- haven't necessarily had the, the, the biggest audience that yeah. we'd love to share. And I get the feeling that 
Jules and Katie really aren't after success and chart positions. And I've read a few times that they've been offered these things. There was an interview, I read it ages ago, about I think they were offered the X Factor to perform on it and they turned it down because they just didn't want to. Uh, so that's quite respectable of them. However, it is a shame that some of these singles that we're going to look at now um, haven't had uh, the, the, the attention they deserve. So Will, um, I'd love to invite you to go first. So I'm going to venture back to 2010 for this one and this is Hands. that was Hands released in 2010 produced by Calvin Harris Mm. who shared the same record label Uh, Dan there's a big time jump between this single being released and their second album being released what was the story there? so I believe that first of all I want to say I absolutely love this song this is quite possibly my favourite Ting Ting song ever Um, but I do believe that this was supposed to be the lead single from the second album and they actually scrapped the rest of it went back to the studio and it was another two years later when they bought out Sounds from Nowheresville. Uh, so this appears as a uh, bonus track, I suppose, on the deluxe edition. But um, as for the rest of this album, you just have to guess. Well, if it sounded like this, I love the sort of 80s sensibilities. There's definitely a line from uh, Modern Love by David Bowie at the start. Yes, I don't want to go out, I want to stay in, which is one of my favourite Bowie songs as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I find it really quite sad that that this is just a taste of what could have been from album number two. And also, we've spoken about just a second ago about how they do what they want and they do it on their terms. I, and this track didn't do fantastically, actually. It got to number 29 on the charts, but I do feel like perhaps if they'd continued with this sound for album number two, potentially they'd be uh, slightly bigger than they are now. Again, do they care? I don't really think so. It's a bit of supposition there. Uh, I don't know what that word means. We were just guessing. Guess Oh, yes. Work. Um, a, great, a great track. A fantastic song. And mine is another single. This was the lead single from the next album, which was super critical. And the song is called Wrong Club. Yes, and Will, what do you think of that one? I love that. I'm I'm not sold on the fade in to the start of that track. It's very different as you don't normally get a fade in. Yeah, it's very unusual. So my favourite thing about this, aside from the fact that I think it's sort of a nice, after the sounds from Nowheresville was a little bit punkier, this was a bit of a return to more sort of dance-friendly, arguably chart-friendly tracks. Uh, And it's got a really nice funk disco thing going on with it. I absolutely love the fact that this and the whole album was produced by Andy Taylor, 
the ex Duran Duran guitarist. You uh, can really tell as well, mm. actually. And he, um, anyone who knows the podcast or knows the website, Trash, or knows me, knows that I'm a huge, huge Duran Duran fan. And I'm, I was gutted when he left uh, for the second time. He left back in the 80s uh, when the band kind of well, imploded. Uh, he came back when the original five got back together in the early 2000s. He was the only one now that's left. The rest of the four are still together. But it's great to see him still working and doing some incredible work on this song. Quite a coup for the Ting Tings to have him work with them. Yes, I believe they. he did a bit of work and a remix on the album before this. He spends a lot of his time in Ibiza and I believe they uh, hooked up there. Ibethan hookup. Well, I think my favourite, just another tip actually, my favourite track on this album is Super Critical. Okay. Uh, there, there is some great stuff on this album and we've kind of touched upon the second and third album. Of course, there's some great stuff on the fourth album as well. It's got a bit more of a... Uh, oh. It's the sound of the police. The pop police. Yes. The fourth one's got a bit more of an underground, a bit of a dub kind of uh, sound a to a it. A dirty sound. Yeah. But there's some good stuff on there, so do check it out. That's called um, Black Light. But that's all we've got time for this week. We're out of time. Uh, so that was the Ting Tings. But so what do you think of the Ting Tings um, and the, the songs we've discussed in today's episode? Yes, do let us know at Move to Trash UK, hashtag Track by Track. Perhaps you've got a different further listening choice that you think we should have gone for. Please do tell us. Uh, and please do continue to subscribe, like, rate, pick the album on Apple Podcasts. So... Coming, what's coming up next, Dan? Can you give us a hint of a tease? Well, I certainly can. So next week, we're talking about a British band. Uh, it's their second album, which was released a ridiculous eight years ago because they still haven't released a follow-up. Last year, we had a new single. We more recently had a cover of a house track. And the lead singer has Liquid Hips. To say anything more, in fact, you've said I too much. I think I've given it away, haven't I? Yes, it was the liquid hips. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, so until next time, I've been Katie White. And I've been Jules DiMartino. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.